Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Hey, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church. If this is your first time here, we want to especially welcome you here today. Uh, we are in for a great service. Obviously, we've already started off, kicked it off with a great time of worship. Um, hey, just because we can, can we just sing that chorus one more time? It's not going to sound good online. Sorry, guys. But, uh, but let's just sing it together. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, that sounds so good. Come on, let's do that bridge. Come on. Yeah, because he's the name above all names. Oh, we sing to you, oh God. You are worthy of all praise. Oh, and my heart will sing. How great is our God. Amen. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Well, I am so excited this morning to be able to bring you a fresh word from our series in 1 Peter. If you haven't been with us, we've been in a series in 1 Peter um, called Great Expectations. I love that title. And we're continuing on today. We're we're taking kind of line by line, verse by verse. Last week, uh, Pastor Mike spoke about the idea that our faith is rooted in history and connected to eternity. And this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on the title, Awake and aware. Awake and aware. Um, I'd also like to just uh, also say to all those who are watching us in the United States this morning, happy 4th of July to you. And oh, there's some Americans here. Come on. And guys, come on. Happy Canada Day to all of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to dig right into this, dive right into it. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me this morning to 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, which is our, uh, our kind of overriding theme text, if you will. And I'm going to be reading it to you from uh, the New Living Translation, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. And then we're going to be reading today from 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 25. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up here. We're going to be reading a lot of scripture to start out this morning. But that's a good thing. Because you guys, you don't want me standing up here giving you my opinion on things. You really don't want that. We want the word of God, which changes our souls. Amen. And so 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 is where we're going to start out. And then we're going to read a big, long passage here in 1 Peter 1, 13 through 25. 1 Peter 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectations. We're going to stop there. Moving on to 1 Peter 1, 13 through 25 in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. So, think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious, gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy everything, your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as, as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. 
And remember that the, the, the heavenly Father uh, to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Though through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all of your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Everybody say word of God. Just making sure you're with me. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. That's a good word right there. Word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning for your word, God. We're so grateful for your word that is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. We're so grateful this morning that your word has the power to change our lives. And this morning, we submit ourselves to your word. We come under the authority of your word, and we pray that as this word is spoken, God, it would be your words and not my words that would come forth, Lord God, and that you would do a deep work in our hearts. And I pray that not one person in this place would, would leave the same, but that we would all be changed. And not one person watching online would be the same, but we would all be changed. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So that was a lot of scripture. And what is going on with that scripture? What is Peter getting at here? Well, for those of you who have been with us for the last few weeks, you'll know that what Peter has been doing is he has been uh, writing a letter to a group of churches that are in dispersion, and they are under great persecution from the Roman Empire. Peter is, is writing to these churches to encourage them and say, listen, you can keep going. And, and we talked about this before. We talked about the fact that you can suffer if you understand what the purpose is, because there's purpose in your suffering. Last week, Pastor Mike talked about how Peter lays out a case for the fact that our faith is not just some whim or fancy, but it, it is robust and it has a rich history. That there's a rich history, and in fact, that rich history uh, gives us a, an understanding of the fact that there's also an eternity to look forward to. That we have a rich history, but we have an eternity. And this morning, the, the question that Peter attempts to answer is, he gets very, very practical now. And he says, okay, if we have a rich history and we have an eternity to look forward to, we have great expectations of glory with God, then what does that mean for our lives? And this morning it gets very, very practical. And the question is, how should the fact that we have a rich and robust faith that is rich in history and connected to eternity shape our character and the way that we live in our everyday lives? Peter answers that question at the beginning of this passage where he says this. He says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. 
So you must live as God's obedient children. Then he goes on to say this, but you now must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. So the, the, the crux of it, the big idea that Peter's trying to put forth is this, that he is calling us out to be holy as God is holy. Now, if you hear that word holy and your eyes start to glaze over and you go, man, that sounds like a lot of Christianese. I've heard that term before. What in the world is he talking about with holiness? I, know, I don't know about you, but when I think about the word holy, I think of a guy dressed in monk's robes who gives up his car and goes and lives in a monastery somewhere and you know, plants vegetables and walks around and chants all day. Right. Like that's kind of what you think about. I don't know what you that's kind of what I think about when the image that I get when I think about this idea of holy. It's like, how is that accessible to us? What does that actually mean for us today? What does that look like? Well, first of all, we need to understand something. The Bible tells us right here that God is holy. In, in Isaiah chapter six, verse two and three, it tells us that there was these angels that were surrounding the throne of God. And they called out to each other saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So the angels surround the throne of God and they say, holy, holy, holy. And that's not just because they forgot the first word, holy. Oh, yeah, holy. Oh, yeah, holy, holy. No, no, no. Why are they saying that over and over again? It's this idea of let's let's explain how big this is. How massive it is. It's like if you go to um, New York and you're walking down the, 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 the streets of New York and you look up and there's the, the Empire State Building. And you go, wow, big, 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 right? You're like, you're expressing this idea that it's greater than you imagined. He is holy, holy, holy. Church, our God is holy. And what do we mean by that? The holiness of God speaks about his power his majesty, and his perfection. That he is a holy God. In Revelations 4.8, it repeats this idea again where it says this, um, each of the living creatures had six wings and their wings covered all their eyes inside and out, and day and night and night and day, they kept on saying, holy, 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 right? Big, 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 mighty, 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 good, 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 perfect, perfect, perfect is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. It speaks of His holiness. It speaks of His person. It speaks of His character and nature. And one of the other ways that we can define this idea of holiness from the Scriptures is with this concept of consistency. That God doesn't change. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, it says here in Revelations, the one who was and who is and is still to come. God is consistent. We sang about it this morning in that song we sang. You are good. You're consistent through the ages. Right? He is. He is a consistent God. And you might say, well, what does that mean to me? What does that even matter? Let's unpack this idea for a moment. Another way we can define uh, uh, holiness of God is that he's consistent in his nature and his character. What else does holiness mean? It means to be set apart. Um, the, the Hebrew word, original word, actually means to be cut off from, to be separate from everything else. It means to be in a class of your own, distinct from anything that has ever existed or will ever exist. And when we think about this idea that holiness is living in consistency, it's being consistent with your character and nature, then holiness for us is coming into consistency with the character and nature of God. Therefore, be holy just as I am holy, says the Lord. 
So what does that mean? Well, let's think about it from the perspective of a designer, okay? To be holy is to be consistent with the way that you were designed to live. Let's put it this way. I've got a podium here in front of me, right? This podium was designed by a designer for a specific purpose. Can you all see that I've got the podium sitting here? There's a little lip here that somebody put in here thoughtfully so that my books won't fall off. So we could say that a holy use of this podium is for me to keep my Bible and my notes on here, right? But how many know that an unholy use of this podium would be for me to grab a chair, see a light bulb up there that needs to be changed? See where I'm going with this? And to, yeah, right, right? Point taken, right? An unholy use of this podium is for me to use this as a ladder because it wasn't designed to be a ladder. The consistent use of this podium is to use it the way that it's being used right now. There's a designer. How about this way? How about this one? Just this idea. Um, What if you go out and you buy yourself a brand new car and you do all your shopping and you decide that you want a Tesla? And you want a Tesla Model S, the 2021 Tesla Model S, zero to one hundred. What is it? It's like 3.2 seconds, something like that. That's the one you want. You, thank you. You do. You do your due diligence. You go. You buy the vehicle. You drive it off the lot. You take it out on the highway. You you zoom down the highway. This thing is flying. You're like, this is awesome. And then you look to the right, and there's a little road, dirt road leading off the highway. And you go, I'm going to try this thing out and just see what I can do with this thing. And so you rip down into this, this little dirt road, and next thing you know, you're off-roading. You're going over rocks, and you drop down like a three-foot cliff. Bang! And the whole thing kind of like you know, shudders. And then you hit a tree as you're going around a corner, and you rip around, and you come out of that trail, and your front tire's doing one of these wobbling, you know, and, and the whole car kind of sounds funny and it smells funny, like some sort of acid thing from the batteries or something. And you're like, there is something wrong with this car. And you drive it back to the dealership and you hand them back the keys and said, this is a, a defective automobile. And I want my money back. Do you know what that guy's going to say to you? We didn't design a defective automobile. You used it in a way it wasn't designed to be used. A holy use of a Tesla is to drive it on the highway. An unholy use of that car is to use it on an off-road pathway, right? An off-roading trail. This idea of consistency and holiness fit together. To be holy means to be coming into alignment with the way that God designed us to live. Does that make sense? Do you see that? In order to live a holy life, we must be aware of what that alignment is. So here's my big idea today. The call to holiness requires awareness. And I've got three ideas around that uh, that concept that I'm going to unpack for you today. And then we're going to pray and we'll close the service today. You guys with me? Okay. So, an awareness. Here's what he says, 1 Peter. So, think clearly and exercise self-control. Now, the way that that's originally written in the New King James Version, it says it more like this. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's strange language to us today, but to, to the people that he was writing to, they would have understood that immediately. Because back in those days, men didn't wear pants. They wore tunics or kelts. Nah, it wasn't a kilt. It was a tunic. 
they would wear a tunic, right? And they'd wear this kind of man dress that they would have on. And what they would do is when they had to go somewhere quickly, they would have to take this man dress and they'd have to pull it up and tuck it into their belt. It was called girding up your loins, right? So that they would shorten it up and basically get a, a mini skirt. Yeah. And uh, anyway, this is church. And, um, and they would gird it up and then they would run. And they could run faster because they were not inhibited by their, 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 their tunic. Right? That's the idea. So this is a word picture for people to go, listen, I want you to do that to your mind. I want you to be aware. I want you to wake up. I want you to realize that there's a real God and that he's really here and that he's working right now and that we need to come into alignment with him. That's how Peter starts it out. He says, we've got to become aware. So he says, uh, turn your, uh, where are we here? So think clearly, exercise self-control, look forward to the gracious salvation that will come when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Okay, what, is the, what, what do you need to be aware of? Number one, we need an awareness of the reality of God's design and standard as well as his holiness. How many know if we're going to be holy, if we're going to be coming into alignment with God and his holiness, we have to know what that mark is. If you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it. You got to know what you're aiming for. And we need to be aware of God and his standard. How do we do that? Well, it's very simple, through the word of God. I love how it says it here in Psalm chapter 119. There's a couple of verses that David pulls out in this particular passage. He says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. You see that idea? Awareness. Give me life. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your words. How about this one? How can a young man stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. It's by the word of God we understand what this standard is. Psalm 119.67. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. We have to know the standard. We have to know the standard. Um, we got to get in this first Peter one as well. As scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Come on, we are saved by what God has done. And how do we know what that is? By getting into the word of God, by aligning our lives with his word. Amen? That's step one. We need an awareness of God's standard. We need an awareness of it. We could say an awareness of his holiness, of what that means. We need to know that. Another way we can do that is by encountering his presence. You see, it's one thing just to get that knowledge in your mind and go, okay, well, here's the rules. I have to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this. And if I do that, I'll be in alignment with his word. No, it's more than that. Because God is always after your heart. And so this comes down to this idea of knowing him. The Bible tells us in Matthew 18, 20, that where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. You get, you can, why do we continue to come to church? Because we are reminded here of the existence and reality of God. That he is holy, that he is mighty, that he is awesome, that he is good, that he is consistent. And we can rely on him. And we can turn to him.
and we can pursue him. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music in your heart, into the, uh, in your hearts to the Lord. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. Are you dry this morning? Are you feeling that, that sense that, you know, it's been a long time since we've been here without masks on. It's been a long time since we've been here, been able to sing together as a church. Let me tell you something. There's more going on than just a song. The Spirit of God is here to meet you right now. Wherever you are, in whatever state you find yourself, He is here. And if you would turn your eyes to Him, if you become aware of His presence, let us become more aware of your presence, right? Let us experience the glory of your goodness, right? He's here to meet us today. He can do it right now. He can touch you right where you are. We need to know what that standard is. We need to know about his holiness, but we also need to know him. That I may know him. Amen. Number two, we have to have an awareness of how far we have drifted from God's design. If we're going to pursue holiness, we have to recognize that we're not there yet. So this is what it says in first Peter. He says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your old desires. You didn't know any better then. Why does Peter have to encourage the church to do this? Why does he have to even tell them to be holy? I mean, don't we become holy and righteous when we accept Jesus into our hearts? Yes, our state is righteous before God, but we are in a constant state of pursuing him. He's after our hearts. And so here's the reality, church. We are prone to wander from the designer's design. We are prone to find ourselves drifting away from the standard that God has raised up. It's just a natural state of affairs. Can I say it this way? Holiness in that sense is not a natural state, but a supernatural one. We need the spirit of God. We need to be aware. That, that passage that I read earlier from Isaiah, where he says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voice shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. And then this is Isaiah's response. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man, and I have filthy lips, and I've lived among people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. An appropriate response to an encounter with the presence of God is to recognize that we're not there yet. That we need him. That's how gracious he is, is he reminds us that we need him. That we need him. In Ezekiel, again, there's another encounter with the Lord. And he says, this is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. And when I saw it, I fell face down on the ground. And I heard someone's voice speaking to me. You know what happens after that, you guys, with Ezekiel? Ezekiel falls on his face before the, the, on the ground before the Lord. And the Lord lifts him up. He says, stand up. And this is how it goes for us, church. We have an encounter with God. We read his word and we recognize how far we are from him. And we fall on our faces before God in repentance and say, God, please forgive me for my sins. Wash over me. You know what God comes and he does? comes and he lifts us up and he restores us. Why? Because the glory of God is revealed in restoration. 
We have to have an awareness of that. Number three, I'm almost done here. Last one. We have to have an awareness of the hope we have in him. Ephesians 1.18, Pastor Mike preached my message this morning. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We have to be aware. See, here, here's how it goes, church. This is what it looks like. Oh, I, I read this one too. This is just, I read this in my devos this week and I was like, I love this one. Psalm 119.73. Hey, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. I found that pretty funny too. It's, it's true though, honestly. It's like, okay, God, I get it. You're in charge. Okay, you, 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 you're holy. I'm not yet. I'm not. But please make me holy. Please bring me into that place, Lord God. I'm not there yet. But God, please bring me there. It's the grace of God. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's, 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 his, it's his, his goodness that draws us near. We become aware of his holiness. And when we become aware of his holiness, we become aware of our unholiness, which then makes us aware of our need of him and then become aware of the hope that we have in him. And I'm going to just conclude right there. We just talked about this idea that God has called us to live in holiness and that holiness is living in consistency with his character and nature, in consistency with the way that we were designed to live. Maybe you find yourself right now as you stop in this moment and reflect. Maybe you find yourself this morning and, you, 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 and as you're paying attention and you're, you're listening to the voice of God and you're trying to hear what he's trying to say to you, maybe this morning you find yourself in a place where you have drifted. You've drifted away from the Lord. You've drifted away from his presence. You've drifted away from your relationship with him. And this morning his kindness and his grace is here calling you back into right relationship with him. Our holy God is saying, be holy as I am holy. What does that mean? Can we be holy all the time? No, we can't, but we can pursue it. and We can go after it, and we ought to. And this morning, church, I want to call you up. Let's, let's pursue it. Let's go after it. Let's trust God that he's calling us. And you know what happens when we recognize that we're not there? He lifts us up. Pastor Mike. Thanks, Pastor Matt. That was a good message. Um, if you're here today, and uh, perhaps if you've been watching us uh, online, uh, <coughs> we want to pursue. We want to be people who pursue holiness, pursue God. But there is a first step a first step that, uh, that we have to take in pursuit of God, and that is to receive Him. We don't start by trying harder to be good. We start by receiving all that God has for us. The very center of Christianity, the very center of the Christian faith, and you, you see this cross behind me. We're going to be uh, partaking in communion in a little bit here too. But it's about what Jesus has done for us. 
That's the starting point. Now, that's not everything, if I could say it that way, because there is our responsibility for us to be pursuing after God. But don't start before the starting line. You know, start, start by receiving him. It says in uh, John chapter 1, everyone who received Christ, to those who believed in his name, <clears throat> he gave the right to become the children of God. And maybe you're, you're watching this or listening to this on our podcast. Uh, maybe you're here today and you just need to receive something fresh from God. I want to invite you. Now, we're not, we're not closing the service right this moment. We're going to have communion. But perhaps I could ask everyone just to stand for a moment here. And just we're, we're just going to pray. And if you're at home, pray along with us. Lord, today we receive all that you have for us. We turn away from trying to do things on our own. We turn our way, uh, away from our own ways. And we turn to you to follow after God. That's what repentance is. And Lord, today in our whole life, we reaffirm that, that we are receiving your grace and your goodness. Make us clean, Lord. Make us holy from the inside out and let our outward lives reflect that work that you've done within us. Today, we receive you. Today, we acknowledge you. Today, we embrace you. And now we're going to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen.